Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boston Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, coming at you all the way from future NBA expansion city of Sydney, Australia. With me is my esteemed colleague and connoisseur of Celtic basketball, potential replacement for Walter McCarthy. It is Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. How are you, Jackson? G'day. I'm well, thanks. Newcastle will be second in line for the NBA franchise, too. I'm sure. One, one to each conference. We'll be wearing, yeah, we'll be wearing red and blue. We'll call ourselves... <laughs> Go the Knights. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna, not the Knights. Not the Knights. <laughs> something, something catchy and tough, though. We've got some good stuff coming up for you guys on this episode. We'll be chopping up all of the latest news from around the team, including some trade rumors, Kyrie being shut down, and good injury-related news. Yes, you heard me correctly, good injury-related news. Jackson is also taking us through the final segment of Opponent Watch for the Season, where we'll go ahead and look at the final two days of the regular season and who we're most likely to face in the first round of the playoffs. And later... Two of the Boston Celtics Reddit moderators were kind enough to sit down with me for an interview earlier in the week. Pretty interesting stuff if you're a Celtics Redditor. They're going to take us through a day in the life of a mod, plus some of the regular challenges faced by the mod team, including some of the controversy in the past year or so around post-removals and dealing with people's expectations around the kind of content that should be allowed on the sub. We also talked about their playoff predictions and future plans for the subreddit. But first, Jackson... Our Boston Celtics played four games this week. None of them really mattered, especially after the loss to the Raptors, but nonetheless, a few meaty tidbits to come out of these games. We'll start, of course, with the loss to the Bucks in Milwaukee on Tuesday. Yeah, look, I mean, in hindsight, once Kyrie was shut down, our expectations for the year and the postseason completely shifted. So... I mean, you can't see this on the podcast, but I'm showing Ben right now a very uh, neatly handwritten list of points, very intelligent and introspective <laughs> um, that I pulled out from uh, hours like of research. But, yeah, exactly. I was I went real hard this week. It's a shame we get to hear it because once Kyrie went down, man, none of it really matters. None of it mattered at all. I say the That's Bucks pretty much kind the crux of, of it. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the Bucks kind of hurt the most in hindsight because I think if Jalen Brown hits that layup with about fifty-five seconds left, it's a three-point game. Giannis gets the block. They called it goaltend, but they replayed it. It wasn't. It was a tur- they got the ball back, and we couldn't sh- get it closer from there. So that one stung. And I think going into the Raptors game on the back of that of a win, I think we've been seven straight. Then Raptors got decimated the night before with the one seed at, at stake. I think that would have been. You know that would have changed the the outcome of the rest of the schedule, but look, we lost to the Raptors after that. Obviously, that was a very disappointing performance. You can put that down to fatigue. Uh, it was still disappointing to lose, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, I mean, uh, in my opinion, these games against the Bucks and the Raptors were almost the last two games of the season that mattered because after yeah. the loss to the Bucks and, and especially to the Raptors the day after, we really, I mean, that was the, the clinching point for both the Raptors for the one seed and us for the two seed. And the game against the Bucks. I mean, th- this was the game where we started Kadeem Allen, who, I mean, I didn't have any high expectations of that guy, um, but he didn't really show us anything remarkable. Um, there was some nice fight towards the end of that game, but like you said, Giannis had that huge block, which was almost a goaltend on Jalen Brown with 53 seconds remaining, which kind of ended it for us and ended our, our campaign for the first seed. Uh, one takeaway is how close the game was against the Bucks, given that we went into the contest with basically no guards on our squad. 
Yeah, I feel like we miss Rogier quite a bit. Um, he, uh, since he's come back from that miss, you know, he hasn't been that great. But he was going real, real good before that. So not having him there, that um, that definitely was um, was uh, was a big loss to us. And um, yeah, but look, like we said, it doesn't really matter moving forward to the Bulls game. It was nice to get a win there. But to be perfectly honest, I was watching the 76ers-Cavs game. <laughs> yeah, know, that was a super else. spicy game, uh, yeah. especially being, uh, you know, Australian hoops fans. Uh, and quick shout out to Joe, who's not with us tonight. Um, he will be back with us next week. Um, I say that because he's a New Zealand hoops fan, and I'm not sure how much Ben Simmons, Simmons matters to him. Uh, so shout out to Joe. But yeah, great game there, uh, Cavs and the, and the Sixers. So the, the King versus what they're calling the Fresh Prince in uh, Ben Simmons. Fresh Prince of Melbourne. Yeah. Um, the game against the Bulls was exciting for me because of a couple of guys, Jabari Bird and Jonathan Gibson, which really, uh, by the sound of it, is not going to mean much for us coming up to the playoffs. But for Jabari Bird, we do have him on a two-way contract going into next season. 15 points, 7 for 10 from the field, three boards and three assists. Obviously the win. And he had that connection with uh, Moose, Greg Monroe as well, who got the triple-double. In the Bulls game, we're almost going to call this episode moosed around and got a triple-double. 19 <laughs> points, 10 assists and 11 boards, also two steals and a block. I feel, I feel like Greg Monroe, I feel like Moose is working his way into our titles probably more often than any player. And I think it, yeah, I think, the- I think it shows A, his performance level and B, how <laughs> cool of a nickname the Moose is. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you about um, about Jabari Bird there. Yeah, he, um, he definitely won himself a lot of fans you know if you, if you read the um the game threads you know the the, the obviously the sentiments towards abdel nader are, are not that great it's almost he's almost like the anti nader you know he's the the guy at the end of the bench who's come on that a lot of fans seem to really um really enjoy his game and you know he's definitely played well in his last couple of games there so um yeah well, shout yeah, out to jabari bird you say played well and that's not um it's not something we've been able to apply really to Abdul Nader in any form of description after Certainly any not. games. Um, it's just unfortunate that if we were to waive Abdul Nader, and there's been a lot of talk about this on the sub and in and general Celtics circles, if we were to waive Abdul Nader uh, and bring on Jabari Bird for the playoffs, then we, we burn a year of his contract. And given that we're probably not going to make it all the way to the finals, I'm sorry to say, probably not going to win the chip. Uh, it's probably not worth... Um, burning that extra year of his contract, which will have tax implications, uh, you know, as, as early as next year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it doesn't look like it's going to um, be the scenario that everyone kind of hopes it to be. But um, you know, nevertheless, he's coming in. He's probably, you know, there is a chance we get a run in the playoffs. And, you know, if you give him the, the stage and, you know, something amazing goes down, he could, you know, at least, you know, do quite well for himself. So, yeah, good on him there. And um, then finally rounding out the uh, the one and three a week was the Hawks. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't watch any of it. Because as everyone listening from around the world probably doesn't know, that that game, I think, started, what, 3 a.m.? 3 a.m. Sunday? Yeah, no. And given everything that's already happened, given it was the Hawks, given that I just assumed even everything considered it was going to be a win, I didn't get up for it. Checked my phone as soon as I woke up, and my reaction was quite indifferent, to be honest. Like, it was disappointing. I'd, I'll always like to win, but like just seeing that we lost, I was like, mm, whatever. Yeah, it really, really had no significance other than shitting on Atlanta's draft odds. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I didn't consider that. <laughs> Which is great, you know. <laughs> Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, shit. We've all gotten up in the middle of the night to watch games that are on in the sort of afternoon period in Boston, which just unfortunately happened to be right in the middle of the night here in Australia. This was not one of those games. You know, it was no. completely insignificant. Um, I woke up a couple of times just instinctively, like 
part of my subconscious knew that there was a Celtics game going on and I would, <laughs> I would open up the League Pass app and, and check the score. And pretty much the whole way through, every time I was checking the score, we were ahead. And I'm thinking, this is business as usual. This is the Hawks. They're, they're a bottom team. Of course, we're winning. And then when I woke up you know, in the morning and saw that we'd lost, I immediately thought, okay, like Brad must have sat the starters in the fourth quarter. And then I read the game recap. And of course, that's exactly what he did, which makes perfect sense heading into the playoffs. And really, there were no implications to our team seating or otherwise um, uh, with regards to this game. Yeah. So uh, and there was, really, really, really doesn't matter. There was a dude in that game who had a, a real Marcus Morris performance, seven from eight from three <laughs> and for the Hawks who uh, buried us, it seems, there. But um, yeah, largely irrelevant. Yeah, Torin Prince and uh, make, making it. a run at the uh, at the Fresh Prince name himself there with some, uh, <laughs> some pretty clutch bucketry. Now, He's challenging, <laughs> challenging the trademark, good old Torian. <laughs> I just want to I want to run over a few quick notes from those games before we move on. Like we said, they they really really don't matter at all. So we did go one and three, but don't stress, we're still the two seed, so nothing has changed. As of the Bucks game, Tatum grabbed a franchise record in this game, most three pointers for a rookie ever in franchise history. He's, he's obviously added to that number since then. Um, that was really cool to see, just sort of topping off a uh, pretty great season there. Uh, also, I want to talk about Greg Monroe. He's the first Celtic center to record a triple-double since the chief, Robert Parrish, did it on March 29, 1987, which was 19 days after I was born. Amazing. <laughs> that's Some all I records. got. I was going to say, yeah, that's, um, Greg Monroe, man, he's... he's- playing so well like i mean he didn't have the greatest start but like some of the performances he's put in like what he's been able to, what he's been able to offer off the bench really needs to be commended and like getting that record there like granted it's a record that no one was probably really aware of but hey still a record so i like him i seriously like him and you know we've said this ad nauseum on the pod but um Look, he, he would destroy us every time we played him. So the fact that he's on our team, uh, even if he does nothing for us, he's at least not killing us, you know? Yeah. So that's that's a win in my books. He always celebrates on the bench like big time too. I think he was on the bench for like the Portland three and the, the Utah three and he's just got the biggest sort of smile and it's just, it's it's great seeing him. I'm not like, <laughs> I like having him on board. Moving on, some news coming out just in the last 24 hours. Uh, a sham wow, I believe it's called, which is the... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, the mirror of the Woj bomb. Sources, Celtics guard Marcus Smart had re-evaluation on the torn right UCL Monday in New York and is expected to receive clearance to return to game action at the six-week mark of surgery, April 27th. Smart has been cleared to start light non-contact shooting. Now, Sean Grande, the Celtics radio announcer, tweeted out shortly afterwards that, that would roughly or approximately coincide with game six of the first round of the playoffs, which is... Super exciting. And this is the good injury news that I was referring to in the introduction that finally we've got a a projection of one of our beloved players coming back at a time that uh, is critical for us. Yeah, that's huge. Game six, that would be, if it's still going then, that would be a way, that would be on the road in a game that we would have to win to win the title or stay in it. Yeah, yeah. The the implications would be huge. Yeah. So if if Marcus were to come back from that, if we were still hanging around at that stage, um, that would be incredible. It'll be a huge boost for us because if there's anyone you want coming in to change the dynamic of a game or have an impact, at least on the defensive end. And, you know, to be fair, the last time he came back, improved the offensive end too. It's Marcus Smart. So that's fantastic news. So one one stat I noted when I heard this news, I I immediately went to stats.nba.com to try and find a useful stat to, to sort of diagnose the difference between uh, or how important rather it would be for, to have Marcus Smart come back at that juncture in the playoffs. Now, our defensive rating with Marcus Smart off the court 
overall throughout the season is 103.1. Now, you're probably not surprised to hear this, but with Smart on the court, it dips down to 99.4. So that addition to bolster our defense at that juncture in the playoffs is huge for us, especially against potentially the Wizards, who are a... A, a guard-jacked team. Obviously, their, their starting front court is elite, uh, and it kind of dips off from there into their front court. The more defensive guys we have at the guard position who can shut those guys down, the better. So that's that's going to be absolutely huge if we do encounter the Wizards uh, in, in the first round. Yeah, four points in the playoffs might as well be, you know, 15 in the regular season. So, yeah, it can't be understated how important and how big it would be if he could make it back, you know, at least in that time obviously it would be nice if we could just sweep the first round opponent we can get him back for game one of the next but yeah. <laughs> um realistically having that kind of reinforcement come back into the team huge yeah definitely and we'll get a little bit later uh into who we predict our first round matchups to be moving on Kyrie Irving this is slightly older news but it's come out since our last episode uh, Wojbomb, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN tweeted in the aftermath of the left knee surgery, Boston Celtics all-star guard Kyrie Irving will miss the rest of the regular season and playoffs. League sources told ESPN. Uh, some sort of bacterial infection from what I've read uh, with regards to or resulting from the screws that were put in his knee after his patella injury after the 2015 finals or something like that. So uh, while it's not structurally damaging, and that those have been the, the positive reports to come out of this, is that his knee structurally is is fine. Obviously, you know, a bacterial infection is something that needs to be treated ASAP because that could become a lot worse a lot more quickly. So while it's, it's disappointing that we're not going to get playoff Kyrie Irving, which is something despite all of the bad injury news we're all probably hoping for and holding out for, it, it's probably for the best that this is happening and probably a little bit relieved, really, that he could just rest now and he can join Gordon Hayward at the beginning of training camp next season. Mm. Yeah, look, it's it shifted the whole perspective, the whole you know everyone's expectations on the postseason, and um, it, was, it was quite devastating. Again, I woke up to this news. Um, maybe a lot of you got it live, and you know, I'm, I'm sure the reaction when you got it was was you know quite you were quite let down. It was the first thing I read when I got out of bed, so it just, just just ruined my day, ruined my day. It was so crap. But yeah, look, we have to kind of face the fact, you know, all memes aside that like without Gordon Hayward, the season in terms of like a title challenge was probably going to be a bridge too far. Obviously we played some great basketball without him throughout the season. Um, Kyrie was at the center of that a lot. Even when he wasn't, he was, you know, still scoring lots and lots and lots of points. So not having him, not having playoff Kyrie um, is, is, is obviously very disappointing just from a fan's perspective, I guess, even if you're a neutral, even if you just don't like the Celtics, you know, watching Kyrie, you know, in, in, you know, pressure situations come up with amazing shots. It's going to be a massive, massive loss for the, um, for the playoffs. But look, if there's one thing that's happened throughout this season to the Celtics more often than not, it's been the setbacks. It's been the injuries. It's been the confounding of expectations and, you know, oh, they're not going to do anything now. They're not going to get very far. Well, you know, we've proved everyone wrong so far this season. Just saying it, just saying, just saying. User Brad Stevens, the uh, the top comment on the Reddit thread about this news. Wow, what a season this has been. Pretty much sums up everything you've said. It's just been a season of setbacks. However, one optimistic take uh, I have from this. Next year, we are going to have one hell of a freaking team. We'll have Hayward and Kyrie back, completely healthy and ready to go. But our young guys, our rookies the guys who were maybe an element of doubt for us at the beginning of the season are now well-conditioned and experienced NBA players. I'm talking Rogier to a certain extent, definitely Tatum and Jalen Brown. All of those guys have really elevated their game out of necessity this season. And you throw in the all-stars that we've had out, 
you know, throw in Al Horford, um, who will gel well with those all-stars. That's going to make for one hell of a team and a, a wide open window for us to, to take the chip next year. So that's definitely something to look forward to. In the meantime, you mentioned expectations going into the playoffs. Now we, we really have none. And we can kind of go into the playoffs and the postseason with low expectations, meaning we're basically an underdog team. So any form of success we have can be heralded and, and, and reveled in and enjoyed. And any um, you know sort of negativity we encounter, any adversity, any early exit we might experience during the postseason, we can just shrug and say, well, you know, we, we went this far, we had a good season despite the injuries, but really we weren't expecting to get anywhere without basically half of our frigging roster. So I don't know, that's an optimistic take going into the postseason that you can just kind of sit back, relax and enjoy it without being disappointed by not meeting any expectations because truly we, we don't have any at this point. Yeah, I think any sane fan who would be disappointed with a first-round exit at this point just really needs to, you know, just chill out and look at the bigger picture a bit. I mean, like, it's going to be going out in the first round, even if we get swept, even if we get swept bad, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a letdown. I think a lot of Celtics fans, you know, we, we accept that our fate's probably sealed, but we still want to see, we still believe in this team that we can put out there if, just, despite not having Kyrie. Um so it would be disappointing, no doubt. But anyone really devastated or like, you know, sounding the alarm bells or, or, or talking shit, like just, you can relax because it's going to be an empty victory for whoever beats us, really. They'll take it. They'll accelerate it. Don't, don't get me wrong. But it's, it, you, it's playing a shell of a team, essentially. And, and we've been treated as such, you know, that they're not going to do anything. They're going out in the first round and then blah, 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 blah. I, I believe we can put up a fight. 100%. But again, if it all goes to shit and we get knocked out, you know, big deal. We all kind of accepted it about, what, a week ago? So at the end of the day, you know, the future's fine. Yeah. If anything, we've all grown stronger as a fan base with all of the bad news we've had to encounter this year. And uh, we can handle a little bit extra bad news if that means going out in the first round. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. Finally, Tommy Heinsohn was quoted as saying, if we ever trade Tatum for Kyrie Leonard, I'm leaving town. Now, the Reddit thread in response to that quote by Tommy Heinsohn is in sort of all sorts. As There's your classic Homer fan saying, well, of course, if we ever get rid of Tatum for anybody, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, or otherwise, I'm absolutely leaving town. The, the top uh, comment on the thread by SN Tracy, me and Tommy are going to split a futon in bumfuck Ohio if Tatum ever leaves this team. Maybe an extreme take, but... uh probably echoing the sentiments of, of most you know, Celtics fans and their homerism. Jackson, what are your thoughts on this potential trade? Yeah, this is, if, if this one picks up any steam in the future, man, this is going to be like super divisive. This is probably going to be more divisive. Yeah, than, it already is. Yeah, it's going to be more divisive than the IT Kyrie thing. Like for one, like that trade just happened and everyone had to just, you know, accept it and react to it and debating whether it was the right or wrong in the aftermath. You know, if this like starts to, you know, go somewhere, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people for and there's going to be a lot of people against. I've thought about it long and hard and I won't go on too long because I think it's something we can probably digest in the future. But I would, I, I, I would hate, hate, hate the thought of Tatum and Brown both going for Kawhi. I can't have both. That's the deal breaker for me. And like, really, I think that's what they'll be asking for. They'll want, they'll want both of those guys. If they can put a package together surrounding either like one of them, like whether it's, let's just say it's Jalen Brown. Let's say it's Jalen Brown. I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers closely enough. Let's just say just purely hypothetically, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, a pick, something else. I don't know. I wouldn't be against that because like we talk about like what the rookies mean to us and how much we love them and stuff. But like it's Kawhi Leonard, you know, 
it's a finals MVP. It, yeah. it, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA who can like nullify nullify LeBron. Kawhi is one of them. He did it yeah. in the finals. Not, just close your eyes and imagine a team with Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that team would beat anyone. I don't, I don't care what you say. So if it's on the table, it has to be considered. But the Celtic, the, the homer in me says absolutely no way to the both of them, to Brown and Tatum. Yeah, I honestly find it extremely difficult to fairly assess this scenario. Like I'm, I'm so friggin' high on Tatum and Brown. And yeah. like to add to that, the whole Kawhi injury thing from this year kind of scares me a little bit. Is that definitely yeah. considered too? Yeah, you got to consider I'm, the injury. Yeah, and I'm already so terrified of Haywood or Kyrie re-injuring themselves. And to add another potentially injury-prone, although we really don't know what's going on there, but another potentially injury-prone you know, all-star to our team, I don't know. I feel like we're uh, walking on thin ice a little bit there. Um, but having said that, you know, you mentioned a potential trade package of, and I haven't looked at the numbers either, but Brown, Rogier, and a pick, maybe the Sacramento pick for Kawhi Leonard. Like, you make that trade, right? Like, I'm saying that sort of, it's almost like an out-of-body experience when I say that because I don't feel that in my heart because I am so high on these these guys that we've drafted and are on our team and we love so much. But, like, logically, you, you absolutely make that trade. Like he nullifies LeBron, he can shoot. He's well coached by uh, Greg Popovich. He's arguably the league's best defender when healthy. Uh, he'd have to commit to signing an extension because I think he's only signed uh, through next year. Uh, but you have to go and giving up one of Tatum or Brown if that's an option. But definitely yeah. not both. I think I, I just on the Kawhi. I think he would fit the team so well. He would fit Brad Stevens' system so well. It, it's we would be we would be significantly jeopardizing our long term future to drastically increase our short term championship window, and I guess you'd have to kind of just weigh up the pros and the cons of each, decide what you want to see from you know the Celtics personally, and make a decision that way. Like from a business perspective, I think they do it. I think from a safer, long-term, more calculating, more patient. Danny Ainge has been very patient. He hasn't ever made the trades that everyone thinks he should make, but he has made big ones. So, yeah, you're right. It's hard to judge fairly. It's hard to to give an accurate sort of position on it because there's just so many variables. So we shall see. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break and be back in a moment with Jackson for another segment of Opponent Watch. Opponent watch. Opponent watch. <laughs> opponent watch. That's the new intro for Opponent Watch. Nice. Hope you guys liked it. Do you like it, Ben? Unrehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally off the cuff. So All good. right. So, uh, opponents. This has been the, uh, I think, the focus of everyone this week since we uh, couldn't drop any lower than the second seed, couldn't get that first seed. It's all been about the teams around us. So, I guess we'll start with the team that's probably making the most noise in the NBA. Probably the team that has made the most noise out of everyone in the NBA at present. That's the Philadelphia 76ers. They beat the Cavs 132 to 130 on Saturday, was it? Or Friday? I can't remember. Australian time. Forgive me, guys. It was Saturday we our time, Friday USA time. Thank you very Sorry. much, Ben. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, like I think I mentioned earlier, I was keeping an eye on this game more than I was the uh, the Bulls game. And uh, man, it was, it was intense. Um, ben Simmons... 
you know, as much as I don't want to see the 76ers overtake us in any kind of pecking order in the East whatsoever, uh, amazing to see that dude obviously being Australian, very biased, being from Newcastle, partly. Uh, it's great to see him <laughs> going up against LeBron. LeBron to like just a, an absolutely absurd second half there. Like that's just some, if that's a potential playoffs matchup, that's just going to be such, such, such money. Must see TV there. But um more intriguing about the 76ers, they moved up to the third seed, which means if we can weather the storm through the first round against whoever our opponent may be, that means they'll be our second round opponents, presuming that they, of course, get past their matchup, which we assume, which looks like it's going to be the Indiana Pacers. So, Ben, thoughts on the 76ers? Well, I mean, you've got to prefer them over the Cavs, right? I mean, if you're choosing anyone versus LeBron James, you choose anyone, right? Even yeah. if anyone is... Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they don't have any playoff experience. Not to say that they won't be good in the playoffs, but that they don't yet have that experience. And I, I'm sort of echoing what they were talking about on the Lockdown Celtics podcast today. But, I mean, it rings true regardless. Al Horford has always played Joel Embiid incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And if that's a best of seven series, we've got Brad Stevens, we've got Al Horford, who typically always steps it up in the playoffs. Very confident in his ability to defend Joel Embiid, as well as Marcus Smart's ability to defend Ben Simmons. Whereas LeBron James, you know, you can throw as many people as you want at him, but I, I would never have any confidence in in doing anything effective against LeBron James in any sort of postseason, no matter how old he is. So um, I definitely am favoring the, the 76ers in the second round, 100%. Yeah, to be fair, I was absolutely going for the 76ers in that game too. I, I, I would absolutely love to play them, like you just said. They're definitely, their stock has, you know, risen or has peaked just at the right time going into the playoffs. You know, everyone is on the hype train. Everyone's looking up to them. You know, it's, it's, it's a great story so far. That first round of the playoffs, though, is going to say a lot about them. If they sweep the paces, then I think everyone's going to be all in on them. I think everyone's going to be at least you know, praying that the Cavs Sixers is the East Conference Finals. But even if they get through that first round, if it could be a fight, man. They could, if they go to seven games and then they have to face us if we get through, um, I think that will be a very, very tough matchup for them. I think, to be perfectly honest, I think obviously you'd rather have them than LeBron. But I think I would rather have them than just about any team. Like we have a losing record against, you know, the Wizards and the Heat currently. The yeah. Bucks. Giannis can, you know, we saw what he did to us the other night. He, he can take over. The Pacers have had gone pretty well against us. LeBron is LeBron, obviously. I think I'm leaving, leaving someone out there, the Raptors that we weren't going to face. But the Sixers, yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. It's not that I'm not buying the hype. I'm not buying how well they've been playing. They certainly have been. I just, I would just feel very quietly confident about getting past them in a seven-game series. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But like you said, we do have to get through that first round first. And given our skeleton squad, that, that's going to be quite difficult. So we're, we're looking at um, the playoff predictions. There are two games left or two days left, I should say, in the regular season. Here are the, the bottom three seed standings currently in the Eastern Conference. So we've got the sixth seed, the Bucks at 44 and 37. The seventh seed, the Heat at 43 and 37. And the eighth seed, who are playing tomorrow, the Wizards at 42 and 38 now the wizards their remaining games like we said are against us tomorrow or today perhaps if you're listening to this in the states by the time this goes up the celtics and the magic and and my prediction is that they go 2-0 and i don't think that we give them a full showing tomorrow uh, I, I feel like they will beat us because they're more desperate to win than we are at this point 
they'll go 2-0. The Heat remaining games versus the Raptors. So one remaining game. Prediction is they'll go 0-1. They'll actually lose to the Raptors. But that is extremely difficult to guess because, again, mm. the Raptors have no motivation to, to really put in any effort at this point. The Bucks remaining game versus Philly. Prediction, they go 0-1 purely because Philly want to keep winning these games and, and hold on to that 3 seed. That would leave the standings 6th. The Wizards at 44 and 38, seventh the Bucks at 44 and 38, and eighth the Heat at 43 and 39, which would leave us playing the Bucks, who, in my opinion, is the favorable matchup. If we can shut down Giannis, which we have done in the regular season a number of times, if we can shut down Giannis and we can stop Middleton from from shooting the ball from the outside so much, then that that gives us the best chance of um, implementing a a winning strategy against any of these three teams and and getting to that more favorable second-round matchup against the Sixers. That's my opinion. Jackson, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at all three of those teams and you think about who would be the best, who would would be most favorable, who would be, you know, have the most difficulty against, they all are pretty even across the board in terms of who you'd want to take. I mean, yes... We all know about Giannis with the Bucks. We know about how well the Heat are coached, you know, given the circumstances with Spolstra. And the Wizards, look, Wall and Beal are great players. They do have a winning record over us this season. Again, they're probably going to beat us tomorrow, um, yeah, given the circumstances surrounding us and, uh, and, and, those, and their scenarios are concerned. But I just, I personally would love to play the Wizards. I would love to play them. I would love to knock them out because I just think... I've nothing against Wizards fans. Like they're sure they're annoying. I really hated them last year. I really hated them last year, but I've kind of mellowed out a little bit. But I think about them getting knocked out to God Mode Kelly Olynyk last year, and I think about them getting knocked out to the Boston Celtics bench this year. I'm gonna go on the record and say this: if we've played the Wizards in the first round and we knock them out, I think that team should be blown up. I think yes. they should trade Wall, yes. trade Beal, blow the whole thing up. Because really, what are you doing? What are you doing if you can consider yourself like a, a contender in the East? You can't get past the Boston Celtics team without two of its all-stars, not to mention Marcus Smart, not to mention Daniel Tice, and it, on and on and on. Like, it just, that would be embarrassing as hell if I was a Wizards fan. Jesus Christ. Like, I, it's, just, it's making me laugh now just thinking about no, man, it. That's- but, that's an exciting and spicy take. And while there probably are more risks in going up against the Wizards in the first round, the uh, the potential outcome there is a juicy one um, and very enticing. If we can shut those guys down for a second year in a row, just decimating them with unlikely heroes last year, like you said, with Kelly Olenek, this year with, fuck, who knows, Tatum, uh, <laughs> oh, Nader's ever going to yeah. score 20 points Nader. in a game. Abdul you know Nader. it's going to yeah. be in game then, seven against yeah. the Wizards. You then know you're, it. You're, you're buying an Abdul Nader jersey. There's really like we'll oh, crowdfund it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't crowdfund the thing. Happen. It's going to be my money, my hard-earned cash. It's going no, to we'll, go we'll to Mr. A, we'll get a Patreon account. We'll do all the usual podcast things and uh and get the people to uh to uh to pay for it. I'll buy I'll, I'll buy I'll buy hoodies with Nader's name on it and give them to children for the winter. Yeah, I mean, I rate first. <laughs> I rate winning a championship pretty highly, but uh but beating the Wizards behind the likes of Abdul Nader and uh <laughs> And like Shemi Ojale, uh, who's had a, a couple of good performances recently, that would be incredible. And I'd love to. I never encourage going into another team's subreddit and talking shit. Uh, I, look, I still won't do that, but I, I would. I would yeah. love to go over to the the Wizards sub and just like be a fly on the wall and just watch them like have a meltdown as they 
watch their franchise fall up and oh, move to Seattle or whatever if, if, happens if, as a result. If, <laughs> if you're a real Celtics subreddit user, your favorite past, sorry, your number one favorite pastime is A, being on the Celtics sub and B, going to the sub of the team we've just beaten to watch them have a meltdown. Oh, it's sweet. It's petty, but it's damn sweet. And yeah, that would be the sweetest of them all. Oh, um, all right. I'm, so, I'm so pumped for the playoffs now that you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, man. I mean, look, like I said, th- that's the situation as it, we've kind of assumed it's going to likely unfold the way that the playoffs race has unfolded, you know, all across the board in the West and the East has just been crazy so far. So look, maybe, maybe the bucks win that game. And then I think that would put them to six and that would knock the, that would knock Miami down to seventh. So it, it's just too hard at this point. We'll have a, obviously a much clearer picture uh, in 24 hours time. And or maybe we won't, maybe we'll have a much clearer picture by the weekend when we will have the actual results out there. But I mean, whoever we face, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be full on. It's going to be tense really, even though we've, we've kind of written all the expectations off and be like, you know, we've given it a good run this, this year. It's all about next year. You're going to be sitting there, you know, the third quarter when it's a four-point game, just like, just, just chewing those shitting nails. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't help it. That's that's just what that's what supporting you know your team is about, particularly the Celtics. So I mean, yeah. like, it's going to be a ride, but I mean, I feel like we're going in with nothing to lose. Doesn't make it any less juicy though, knocking the Wizards out. Yeah, before. and we'll all be there in the game thread together, supporting each other through this uh, this turmoil. Now, the great radio broadcaster, the Celtics radio broadcaster, Sean Grande, actually put together a very well done post about all the potential scenarios sort of expanding on what we've just talked about. Uh, And it's, it basically said there are four games left that affect the Celtics first round opponent. And then he lists the 16 scenarios and who would end up at at number seven based on all of those scenarios. So it's very in depth, very well done. And that was posted to the sub four hours ago, as of the time of recording by Sage1377. I'm not sure of the significance of that username, but well done. Old Mr. Um, bringing our attention to this this great post. So highly recommend checking that out. It is up on the subreddit and it does outline in great detail all of the potential scenarios, all of the potential outcomes in terms of what might eventuate and who we will see in the first round. So that's really exciting stuff. We're going to take a quick break and be back in a moment for our interview with Leet Speak and Parsnip Pizza, two of the mods from the Boston Celtics subreddit. All right, guys, Parsnip Pizza, Lead Speak, two mods from the Celtics subreddit. Thanks very much for joining me all the way from the general Massachusetts area. Am I correct there? Uh, yeah. Close enough. Close enough. Yes. Well, you're much closer than us, that's for sure. Thanks again for joining us. I think we're all interested, a lot of the users from around the sub, to go through the day in the life of a Celtics sub moderator. So, you know, how did you end up as a Celtics mod? What are the sort of the daily tasks or chores or just the, the general responsibilities from the mod perspective? I, I can say that I'm in the I'm the bottom mod. Me and Sudoku were added about six months ago. I put in my name for the application mostly just to put it in and I had enjoyed the subreddit. It was a big reason why I got really into the Celtics. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I'm not even kidding you. I am standing outside my final exam. And I pull up Reddit and I get a message saying, would you like to become a mod? <laughs> Did you still and pass the exam? I, it, um, I plead the fifth. I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And what about you, Lead Speak? How did you um, become a mod? Yeah, um, I've been really active on the sub 
I yeah. loved it. I actually was a really big fan on like blogs and whatnot. And then I landed on Reddit, um, I think later than like the general people around my age. But um, I was always in the game thread, whether I was at the actual games or at a bar. Um, it was just, uh, I found it hard to find people to talk to the games, talk about the actual Celtics too in real life. Uh, my friends aren't fans, but um, they just saw my positivity. I'm generally optimistic, um, and we know about overreactors on the sub. So yeah. I always spoke good words, and I was very really active. So they reached out to me to become a, a mod, and I've been one, I think, for a year now. So it's been going well. It, feel, it feels like more. Yeah. I've, um, I've been, on, I've been here for a little bit, and it feels like you've been here forever. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, a lot of the other mods don't aren't they don't participate as much um and i think that goes into modding as well because i don't think i participate as much because of modding um yeah day-to-day right. yeah, -day life of a mod um i luckily i work uh well part of my job is coding so i'm on my computer which is um great for moderating because i'm usually more active at work than outside <laughs> oh yeah yeah cool. um yeah you know we we have the apps and everything too but um yeah you know, we, I, I don't know if anyone has been a, a moderator for a subreddit before, but, you know, we have like a, what we call an auto moderator in place. So you can code it to filter out certain words and whatnot. Um, and for the most part, it mostly just, uh, it mostly just hones in on like things that shouldn't be said in any situation, like, uh, offensive, really offensive things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It groups up together, but there are false positives. But, um, you know, we look at the queue uh, throughout the day, like whoever's on, we'll just go on. We don't coordinate, but it's very free. But luckily, we have some folks in uh, New, New Zealand, too, that are moderators. So oh, nice. the timing works out very well, I think. Um, and I'm up really early, like when they're sleeping sometimes. So I think we managed a pretty good, um, we, we managed to moderate throughout the 24 hours a day uh, pretty well. Yeah, that sounds pretty similar to what I end up doing for the most part when I became a mod. Rather than spending too much time on Reddit, which I already do, I ended up just integrated it, integrating it into my time that I spend on Boston Celtics. So I'll usually check the queue, make sure that the reports are all valid, remove or approve, depending on that. And sometimes there's, like yesterday, there's a few things that like sneak in, like somebody will be posting like a fluff Yahoo Sports article about the Kyrie Irving injury. Yeah, right. Where okay. it's literally just Yahoo Sports ensuring that they'll get clicks on the injury. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, our subreddit population spiked a lot over the years. I think I've been active maybe like seven to eight years, more a lurker in the past just viewing, but then I started contributing. But um, it definitely wasn't as much, you know, content being pushed out on a you know a minute basis actually so we just saw see a lot more content now so um just being a little more proactive now and we had to add to the filter so i think a lot of people have been asking about like jerseys and visiting boston and you know we don't want those clouding up the front pages or our content we just yeah, want it, to the news. with the exception of that one post which was a unfortunate thing for the most part it's a lot of people just asking about if they want to sell tickets. I mean, we're not really a ticket marketplace. I think Boston Bruins is, yeah, but right. we don't really have ticket sales on here. For the most part, you can find jerseys pretty much on like on the Celtics website, on the NBA website. I'm sure there's plenty of um, uh, duplicate websites, things like that. Yeah, I've never really gotten that because if you Google literally Celtics jerseys or Celtics tickets, there are many 
like resources out there, the Celtics uh, online store for one, like you said, to why you would go to a subreddit and undergo a much more complicated task of, of posting your own unique post to a subreddit when you could just Google it yourself. It's never made yeah. sense. And there, are, there are just so many posts about that. And it's, it's great. You know, it's people all over the world that are so excited to come and they're, they've been active on the sub. So, you know, it's convenient for them to ask. Um, to curb that, you know, we, we did have a wiki. Uh, we have a wiki page that I don't think we broadcast enough, but I've added to it because I'm a local here. I don't, think, I, don't think any Reddit, I don't think any Reddit site very broadcasts its wiki very often anyway. It's yeah, not always yeah. really well known. Hopefully I can, yeah, I actually listed like food recommendations, like timing about going to the game and whatnot. I go to a lot of games a year, so, um, you know, I keep the food list and whatnot active, so I encourage people to check it out. I even talk about where to get merchandise. Um, the thing is that people ask a lot is, I, I don't even if you guys knew, the GE um, jerseys, which I don't know why anyone will want that because there's a giant freaking I GE kind of, logo. I kind of, <laughs> I, I actually kind of don't mind it. It's very much in the sense of, I mean, you, we have... Uh, soccer we have soccer players at football but we have uh those fans who are already wearing jerseys that have a million ads plastered on them and to me i would want a ge jersey because that's what they're wearing it may not it may be kind of on top of a very iconic design but it's what the players are wearing yeah i feel the same way a lot of people want to wear what the players are wearing i i bought like that yeah i bought a jason tatum jersey off the celtic store uh, a couple of weeks ago and it wasn't pictured with the GE logo on it and a, a little bit I, I was kind of looking for it because I uh, like Parsnip said like I I was looking for the authentic product like what the players on the court are wearing and it arrived with a GE patch on it to my surprise so um I don't know I thought that was pretty good you know, the Nike gear looks very sweet um I've been in Boston my entire life and it's been you know even though we had such a legacy in the past you know um, even prior to 2008, uh -huh. 16 banners, like it's never been popular. And I was, I used to be a, a hardcore Red Sox fan as well, sure. um, Red Sox and Patriots. But, you know, I rarely see that kind of gear, uh, like a lot of people wearing that. But, you know, with Kyrie coming, suddenly just a massive amount of people bought into it. I think I, I um, even though I'm not in the area, I have been to Boston a few times. I think the thing is, Boston is and will always be a baseball city. It will never not be Red Sox first. And I think uh, as Larry Bird and the Celtics retired, Robert Parrish retired, the the mess that was Rick Pitino, uh, what was the GM, Wallace, as those guys came in and the Celtics were really mediocre, at the same time the Patriots just became this massive dynasty. And so people were kind of like, I don't want to watch this terrible basketball team. I want to watch the Patriots. But for the most part, Boston's able to balance four teams. Just some are more loved than others. And, um, like, while I wouldn't say, um, you know, we have a great fan base even in Boston. And I would just say that I guess I don't see as many Celtics fans. And I, but I know the ones who are are extremely loyal. But we have a lot more casual bandwagoners now. I, I, I guess that's, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> good. But because of Kyrie? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. I'm sure we also brought on a lot of people. I know there are still people with IT flares. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, that was a that was a pretty fantastic era. That, that's interesting, though, what you're saying about um, like the hierarchy of sports teams in Boston. That's not a perspective that you get from the international fans' perspective. I'm sure you know if you're listening from Australia or anywhere around the world other than the U.S. You just you you follow the Celtics and your your scope into Boston sports is via in my case the the Celtics subreddit, 
Um, right. And, and so you you sort of you're fuzzing out all of those other teams. I, I've tried to follow the Red Sox and the Pats just to sort of consolidate my like Boston sports fandom. But for the most part, I just follow the Celtics. And in my mind, like they are the greatest team of all time and the greatest Boston sports team. And you don't get any of that other chatter from the other sports groups leaking in at all. I think it has to do with like pricing and location too. I think the around TD is actually, um, it's near the financial district. And um, I used to work near there, uh, closer to there, but it just doesn't have that many things to do besides some sports bars, which only get you know, business when there's a game I, on. There's a bar near there once that where the menu is like, Boston athletes. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. It's the force, the force. I've been there and I've had the Larry Bird sandwich. Pretty tasty. Highly recommend it for anyone in the area. <laughs> uh, great little sports bar. Now, we should steer it back just to the, the Celtics <laughs> sub a little bit. What, one thing I was interested to know just from a like a, a regular sub Reddit user, like I, I wake up, roll out of bed every morning, open up my phone. The, the first thing I check is the Celtics subreddit. One thing that has been, like I guess, a, a point of contention is post removals and there's this sort of this group this subset group of disgruntled users who not i don't want to say anti-mod but they they just get really pissy about it and obviously you guys aren't just sitting there looking to remove posts willy-nilly like you're obviously real people with lives and good intentions and that that's why we're like here talking to you today so i just wanted to get an insight from your perspective on, on how that works and how you deal with maybe people who are upset of, of having their content removed. Yeah, I, I we're aware about, um, you know, the, the, the group of folks who aren't happy with the sub. Um, and, you know, it, they're questioning how we're actually removing content. Yes, you're very right. We, you know, we've had these set of rules in place for a very long time. And we've always abided by them. And we still, to this day, even with the massive spike in the number of users, have abided by this and we haven't changed it. You know, we've always focused on content I, uh, and discussion. I just want to emphasize that. We encourage discussion and we want posts to be about, you know, like lengthier and not just short like, oh, you know, I love Rosier or Jalen Brown. Um, we've mean, always been- we love, I think we'd love to use the example, but we want to make sure that the sub doesn't diverge into what you see on something like our Patriots, yeah, where it's right. five images, two meme posts, and maybe one good post that doesn't quite get up there. Well, I think that's I think that's fair enough. I think that's a good outlook to have. And otherwise it can divulge into just a, a list of memes and you know, memes have their place and are hilarious, generally in the like the post game thread or the game thread or something like that. But you know, right, if, and those those places, the post game thread and the game thread have always had those. Yeah, and um, those are always a lot of fun within those threads because those are more a little more looser. Those are the threads where all the banner boogies show up. Yeah, yeah, sure. and you know, timing for that is tough. You know, we have a um, a Monday and a Thursday recurring um, a weekly. A post where we we try to house things like media memes and um, all the other stuff that shouldn't be approved um, uh-huh. uh, as their own post. But you know, of course, where it gets a little more murky is you know we've removed content that we find is low effort as well. You know, if somebody's like, I want I want uh, Anthony Davis, you know, and that's their post, that's the mm-hmm. entire post. We, you like know, we, uh, somebody somebody put one up. It ended up it ended up turning out that that person was a. Uh, Philly troll, but somebody put up a post where it was basically like two lines of text and a W and a WEI article, and I can't tell which one of those is less effort. Yeah, yeah, you know that's just because usually the reaction is just going to be usually aligns in how much effort is put in. It's just like no, or you know, like you're crazy, or you know, it's just 
you know, we don't want these really succinct posts and replies. We, we, we endorse discussion. I found that a lot of it is there were two posts within the span of one month that ended up being diverted towards calling out the mods for a lot of things, not with varying levels. Like the first one, I had to go back and look at it. The first one wasn't really complaining about the moderation. It was just complaining that there was no good content during the all-star break. And I right. went back and looked at it. Nobody really posted anything good, but that got turned into a, yeah, why did the mods suck post? It got turned into that. The second one was, it ended up being a chain of, it's if it weren't so annoying, it was hilarious just to see how a post in one place just diverged so low and became a huge post because somebody thought mods is an auto remove. Yeah. And I think yeah. people still think that, which it is not. It shows we get told that it's saying the phrase mods, but it doesn't get, it doesn't get removed. Right. Okay. It was mostly that the guy kept putting up posts that say mods are deleting this mods are deleting this. And then he throws up his hands and wonders why it's getting removed. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the real Stop answer me. is because I'm... it's terrible content, not anything to do with the mods. Yeah. And I'm um, sorry, there are a lot of facets to this that I want to address. You know, um, of course there's like, what is trolling and you know, what, what is like social media? Oh, posts. Yeah. Like we, you know, there's tweets post game, like making up an entire, enti an entire interview. So, um, you know, is, do we value f real time of the, the tweets or do we value the whole entire, the whole entire interview? We don't want like 10 tweets that make up like one other interview post after, you know, so um, that's been, I know that's been springing up too, where it's like, I see too many tweets or like, you know, uh, or people like bust them out at the same time, kind of like Twitter as well, where they just, you know, you're going to see the same people are fighting to put the tweets up on our subreddit too. There's also, um, there's also been a lot yeah. of, I, there's also been a lot of come like very small sports blogs that post their article using a sports blog account and you, you just see a lot of those as well. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's not necessarily like vetted content. It's just a dude who's a blogger. It is Celtics related mm -hmm. and it is quality, but above all else, it's a self-promotion. Um, I am going to address, you know, like I know a lot of you guys love Bongo's videos. Um, we've <laughs> removed a couple before just because, you know, some of them were, did, did fall into trolling. Some of them, you know, showed him shooting like a three you know, and it wasn't actually his three, it was Kyrie's. And, you know, that's right. great, that's hilarious, but, you know, sometimes, like, it's it's just, you know, if, if somebody, if a lot of other users started making such great, you know, good-humored content, will we have to post all of them as well? We're just kind of scared with the volume of that, and, I think, you know, we... I think for the most part, our main contention is that it is, it is a very funny joke account, but it is a joke account, and we've already... I know this year alone, we've somehow people are creating alt accounts to Henry is your boss. Yeah, I've like seen them. <laughs> four or five alts of that guy have been created, and we've removed all those because they are, in an essence, joke account. Yeah, joke accounts. Enough. And those, in the end, don't always add. With somebody like Fongos, who's sort of essentially become like a very popular person within the sub, and I've heard people tell me this like to my face when I tell them I do this uh -huh. is that they like his content and that he's really funny. We just have to find a place where we can have fun with that, but we don't create 15 different fongos. Yeah. You know, the, these little slips that are, you know, great at certain points, especially say when Hayward, Hayward was injured or Marcus punched that 
picture frame. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like during the off season, we're a little more relaxed with what's on the sub, especially because there's less volume. Sure. Um, but for the most part, well, and don't forget also, Jarebko ended up leaving the team over the off season as well, and that's when we got Tice. He's been a worthy substitute, though. <laughs> Even like bigger picture, you know, like do you remember the playoffs? Like wake up, it's game day. You know, the, these kinds of things pop up, and you know, it's like you know the X Y Z player. Um, appreciation thread like these you know if there's one exception then people are gonna go case by case like why isn't mine up you know these these are things that i hope hopefully answers some of your questions why we're we're more strict about it yeah it's it's seriously interesting i'm glad that we had this discussion because i i feel like from what you're saying it's like you can't win like no matter which way you lean like you, you lean towards maybe meeting some of the expectations of the people who like the fungos content who like the memes but then all of the Celtics purists who want it to be pure discussion and content, they'll just be as angry as, as the meme fans are now, if that makes sense. So yeah, it, 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 that's, that's where the term moderation comes in because it is in moderation. You're, you're having to deal with a, a variety of different content and you're having to literally moderate and balance it out. I guess you just you can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah there's, there's also like very small, small groups of people like on that first post who are like, hey, we can turn this into a why is this sub broken because of moderation thread? Yeah, we could do that. Like they, th- there are a handful of users that will take any opportunity just because it's cool to yell at the mods. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it's become that in certain like circles within the sub because it you know it is a Celtics subreddit. Like I I go there for my Celtics news. I don't go anywhere else for my Celtics news except for um, you know Bill Simmons and other reliable sources. Well, Bill but, Simmons uh, isn't a great news thing. He's no, but, funny because he's a he's funny because he's a genuine fan. Well, and that's you know that's where you can get a lot of your um, like game hype, like wake up, it's game day, fanboy kind of stuff. Because he is a, a fan, right. but a very articulate one. You, that's where you can go, I think, to get a lot of your like your hypedness about the the Celts and about the upcoming games. Like, like the takes that make no sense, but everybody loves them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really appreciate the the deep dive into some of the um, what it is to be a mod talk. Uh, let's talk Celtics for a little bit. As you would know, moderating the subreddit, it's a, it's a constant news cycle. And yesterday, we got some pretty terrible news regarding the Kyrie out for the playoffs, out for the regular season, that they're going back in and they're doing some more surgery on his knee. Um, I want to know, obviously, what you guys think from a fan perspective and what is a situation like that um, from the mod perspective when there's a, a huge like Woj bomb uh, and all of this news is suddenly coming in via the sub. How, how do you digest that as fans and moderators where you're trying to digest the news from a fan perspective, but also trying to deal with the influx of content into the sub? Well, as a mod, as I know, I know as a user, I just immediately went to the big watch thread and I ended up posting my response. And I've done that in a few other threads as well. But as a moderator, I'll a lot of what you're seeing is just immediately like there's Wadge's tweet. There's the other Wadge tweet. Okay, we're good. Shams's tweet about it. All right. Yahoo Sports article, Bleacher Report article, Ringer article. Yeah, it's a real uh, mixed but amount just, of information. It's just a diluge of content. I guess it's good though to, you know, to have one place where you can go and you can see everything that's being reported and, and maybe form your own perspective rather than stick with one of those single sources they're all actually compiled there so we get all the information at once what about you late speak like you're obviously a fan and you live closer to the to the team um and a a longer time moderator of the sub how does that situation work for you yeah um so personally i actually wasn't too surprised by the news um 
I forgot the original forecast of it. Like, yeah, I wanted. I obviously devastated, but I don't want him rushing. Um, you know, as seemingly small as it, like minor as it is, I I don't want to risk anything that might re-aggravate the injury into 2019, which I think will be an absolutely amazing year. Um, and that and, you know, Marcus Smart being out already for a portion is already worrisome. So I didn't expect a trophy this year, but um, um, still devastated. But I, I, I just hope he get, he recovers fine. And, and now we don't have to worry about it. And we don't have expectate, as high expectations. Um, about moderating, um, I think... You know, we were we were of course expecting a rush of people posting. Um, I think the struggle mainly with this is, you know, there's a more like sympathetic uh, posts um, that come up, and some of them are very touching, but at the same time, some of them get repetitive. And you know, even I as like as they are, I'll say this yeah. personally. Um, I've gotten I'm I may be standing alone here. It's just I find it very. It was very disappointing for me that one of the top posts last year was one thunder fan telling us to win that just really disappointed me because it was literally just a thunder fan coming over for instant karma and we gave it to him yeah, yeah. These, I, I i at least I, I feel like i'm older than most of the the reddit population but um i think some of the um you know the posts like as a raptors fan like you know i think those are completely unnecessary you shouldn't even have to announce that you're another fan of a, another fan base is that you know like you know if you're rooting for us you can just you know contribute to the the general like comment in the thread that but you know the, some of them are very well mapped out and we appreciate some of them so there's just a balance of like how many of these are, are okay to leave and then versus like also all these kind of like um sorry to go into this but um you know kind of like the the false news bubble coming up right now with like uh -huh. facebook um you know we you know what what is the source of truth some of like the the well-known tweeters even reporters might not have posted the right news about Kyrie's injury so you know we had to we're, we're always on the lookout for the most accurate and we of course like people are going to post dupes but we just value the first the first post, of course, you know, we don't take favorites where we're like, oh, you know, that user posted it second and, uh, you know, they're more active on the sub or we recognize them more. So we're going to. That, we're gonna that usually there. happens when there's like a game winner and five different clips of it happens. Yeah. It's the first person. Just emphasizing Every... that we're unbiased in doing that. Right. Yeah, no, totally. It's generally um, first in best dressed with most um, subs. It seems like there's a user of Fever's Mirrors who um, he seems to be like, aside from Timmy, our designated highlight guy who post game, if there is a game winner or, or something like that, it's usually him who will get that clip up um, first. Yeah, even those take some best thing, you know, like, you yeah, know, that's... like we're not going to post every Yabu Dab or like, you know, oh. like so you're, you're great, but <laughs> that, that's, know, like, that's a, that would be more post game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, like you said, most people watch the game, so they don't want to come in seeing like a, a replay from like five replays from every quarter, making up like nearly a game highlight. So we we try to value like the you know the absolute awesome dunks, which uh, you know there's many there's many highlights per game now with our stars, but we we try to balance it out. Yeah, it, I guess it, it highlights the thirst for karma a little bit because we're lucky enough as a fan base that we have that guy from Poland, Timmy, who just goes ahead and, and compiles all the highlights for us anyway and posts them conveniently on the sub. Everyone knows that's that. Been, that's been really good. I, I end up trying to watch as many games as I can. I can't always. So it was really good to have a more dedicated some person to would 
compile all those highlights and put it up in a very more quality way. Yeah, and yet everyone knows that he does that, and yet people will still try and post their own highlights anyway, knowing that you know a guy is going to very professionally compile, cut them all together, and post them. So karma is just is too much for people sometimes. Moving on with the Celtics talk, playoffs are coming up soon, and obviously we have seen quite a few lineup changes to our starting five throughout the year. I want to hear your predictions for the playoffs. How many rounds do you think we'll uh, get through? Who do you think we'll face, and, and how do you think we'll do? I, you know, I think even the Eastern Conference Finals is a stretch, right, with our current roster being realistic. Um, I think we have to play our cards very right to get there. Um, Kind of like even with the team last year, I thought we could get much farther if um, we played very, very well. And that means, you know, like even the even the youngsters playing extremely well, where I think they've at least had a lot of time to um, to practice a lot more, not even practice, to play and start um, with the number of injuries. I don't really have a preference for first round, but I would prefer um, the Bucks over the Heat. I think the Heat match us up better. But I am very excited to see Jalen and Tatum in the playoffs. Really, really, especially Tatum, of course, he's the rookie. So um, that's just my expectations. Second round, maybe, is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> it, it kind of depends on who our second round team played. I know a few weeks ago, Philly was still the sixth seed. And if we had played Cleveland coming off that, I might've given us an edge because Cleveland would have just finished up a seven game series with the Sixers. So our, what, what do we look, what does it look like? It's going to be Heat, Bucks, or... Wizards. So currently, Wizards. if it ended today, we'd be playing the Wizards in the first round. Which... I kind of want the Wizards because the Wizards, through this entire time, they've been a very good team. They're a team we had a rivalry with. They, it was the only good series last year. The Wizards team is so top-heavy. They've got John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, maybe Kelly Oubre, and maybe Marcus Morris. And everybody after that's kind of in between mediocre and terrible. Yeah, we, we definitely have the better Marcus twin. I think I could say that with total uh, confidence at definitely. this point. John Wall's a perfect example of not rushing Kyrie back because John Wall in the playoffs, he's going to be like Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to be on five <laughs> different painkillers and he won't be able to feel his toes. We have, we have a good chance against all of them. I don't think any of them have a player better than Horford. They don't have two players better than Horford. Yeah, I think we will out-hustle them for sure. But I am really upset with how we left off with the Heat. I never want to see Kelly Olynyk shit on us. I remember just <laughs> absolutely. I, I know, I know he's popular with you men, but like his hair is just—I can't even picture it short. But like his, he was so soft. <laughs> so seeing him hurt us that last game before the end of the season. Yeah. Just... That was an interesting part about this season was seeing all of our ex-players come back and destroy us like i know avery bradley had a good game well, against well, us. Except, except for the corpse that was jay crowder in a cleveland jersey oh yeah and a uh, jazz jersey as well he was talking shit to uh to tatum out there a little bit rightly so i think <laughs> well, I guess the, the, the difference is though now that he's in utah and they have a decent coach he's back to playing like the off the assembly line starter that he was with us <laughs> yeah it was good to see tatum get that block on him though and just kind of shut him up a little bit and uh, oh, yeah. then they had that sweet dunk off the fast break there and obviously the game winner as well, just to stick it in his face because, I don't know, I, I used to really love Jay Crowder. Maybe undercut Haywood a little bit there on that on that first game of the season. I don't know. I know it's a, that's a contentious oh, yeah. talking point, but uh, I wouldn't possibly wear his jersey around uh, yeah. at any point now after that. I remember I absolutely adored him his first year as a Celtic. 
I think he was like pure hustle making those, getting those Tommy points. But then the years coming, I think after his uh, foot injury, I thought he just was never the same. And it's a bit cloudy in my mind, but I just remember, I think he was kind of became overhyped about himself too. And I was at that game. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, he said Hayward was like, people were cheering for him. I was actually at that game and I, I was sitting pretty close. So I didn't hear anything. So I think it was just one person that said that and that it, it made him bad. <laughs> yeah, one thing the Celtics do really well is bring in players who are not hyped at all and not typically regarded as high caliber players, build them up and have them perform well and then trade them away for assets. And then we end up with, you know, sweet free agents like, yeah. like Gordon yeah. Hayward and, and trade for dudes the like Jordan, Kyrie Irving. The Jordan Crawford effect, I believe it's called. <laughs> Yeah, aptly, aptly named. All right, guys, we're almost out of time. I want to know what future plans you have for our subreddit, if any. Yeah, sure. Um, so we, you know, we've heard feedback about our rules and how stringent they are, but um, we plan to keep those as is. In the, it, of course, we're we're hoping to at least collect feedback in more in more ways besides just sometimes if so, if somebody notices something is wrong, they start complaining and it it rolls out into a discussion and that's where we see it, but. You know, we read your comments and we we always think about the feedback, but we might think about some doing something um, in a more organized way. We have a lot in the pipeline, at least for like changes to the sub. I, I know that we earlier I didn't mention that on top of actual moderation of looking at what posts should go up and not. Um, you know, I think that's important is uh, we, we actually edit like the layout and the we keep the stats up and have those like little box scores in the in the game threads. So probably a way to like streamline that through some coding. So I think we might think about better ways of using the technology that's available, especially with Reddit and the other subreddits and their technology that they've built out to improve getting information to you guys in real time. That sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're excited for that as well. They were like small little changes that we make that we, we were happy about. Like we finally unfaded Pierce's jersey and the banner at the top because we heard of <laughs> we slacking on that for some time and didn't want to do Pierce bad, of course. Yeah, I think we're thinking about ways of just better organizing information, maybe like tagging of the of the threads. And I know a lot of you guys used Reddit Enhancement Suite, R-E-S, and yeah. the layout looks actually absolutely horrible on the night mode. And I know everyone uses their phone nowadays. I use my phone for Reddit. So we're working on getting that to look better. But um, yeah, the rules are business as is, but we're, we're more receptive as the subs changing by the second as we're getting more people in there and hearing more people out. So um, we'll keep everyone posted through some announcements that way. Yeah, well, as of time of recording this call, 46,523 Celtics fans <laughs> subscribe to the subs. So that's, that's a lot of people uh, to moderate in uh, any community. So, you know, you guys do a good job. And like we said before, you can't please everybody, um, but it seems like you're at least pleasing the majority of people, which is, is really the, the best that anyone can do. I just want to thank you guys, Leet Speak and Parsnip Pizza, for joining me today. I appreciate, you know, there's a bit of a time difference here, so you guys hanging around later in your evening and, and having a discussion, very much appreciated, and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. All right, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'll listen to it when it gets posted. Yeah, no, thank you for coordinating. It's, it's been a pleasure. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Boston Celtics Reddit Podcast. We'll be back in a week amidst the first round of the playoffs. Big thanks to both Leet Speak and Parsnip Pizza, the two r slash Boston Celtics mods for joining us this week, and of course Jackson for everything that he always does for us. Please go ahead and subscribe to and rate our podcast on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. That'll seriously help us out. In the meantime, we're making some progress in our journey towards getting this thing on Spotify and Google Play. 
We'll see you in a week. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.